This is the second week of our sermon series of hard questions. And today the question is, how many times must I forgive? The same person. The same person who has offended me again. Hurt me. Neglected me again. Well, what's, what's the hard number? What, what, what's the count? Because it really depends on your personality. I mean, some people are just so easygoing. You know, nothing seems to bother them. Everything just slides right off. And, but some people, oh my, even the slightest whiff of, of an offense, and, and they're just losing their minds with rage. So maybe you've had that experience where you have offended somebody, but you didn't know it. You did not intend any offense. Maybe it was the tone of your voice. Maybe it was what you said just kind of caught them wrong. But of course, you don't know about it. You, you hear about it from someone else, not from them. And, and then you hear, you know, they're mad at you. Really? Yeah. And not only are they mad at you for the offense, they're mad at you for not knowing that, you're, that they're mad at you. Oh, oh, man. And so it is with family life, right? And with friends and in congregation, any kind of group of people. And it's just so fraught with this kind of a thing where we, we offend, we push each other, and maybe intentionally. I mean, there is a whole lot of evil inside of each of us and selfishness and and it comes out. And, and then just any time you're with a group of people, you're making decisions. This is what we're going to do. And not everyone agrees. And not everyone gets their hearing. And not all. Uh, yeah. And so we come to Jesus this morning really needing to know, Lord, how many times? What, what is the number that there's the line that once it's crossed, we are completely justified in avoiding that person? cutting them out, or even going on the counter-attack and putting them in their place. Jesus, what is that number? And he throws a number our way. Um, how about 77? Well, that's not a very helpful number. It's really hard to keep track of 77 times, right? And that was kind of the point of that big number. In fact, Jesus goes on to tell a more explanatory story. If we're are honestly asking him, how many times must I forgive? Jesus puts into the mouth of God these words of the king. He said, you wicked servant. I forgave you all of that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also forgive your fellow servant? Jesus puts these words in the mouth of God and he threatens by saying, if you will not forgive your brother, your sister, from the heart. This is exactly how God the Father will treat you. This is not a casual message from God. This is a hard message. And its hardness can lead to a lot of ears being shut down. And I pray that, and I've been praying for all of us, that our hearts would be open to hear what comes next. Because I believe that all of us, especially here, really want to forgive if we just could, if it was possible. And so we, as human beings, we have these 
basically three common ways that we offer forgiveness. It, it enables us to at least feel like we've forgiven, and that we've done something towards these, uh, the people who have offended us. And, but I, I'm, I'm sharing each one of these paths that we normally take so that you can see that they are rather inadequate and flawed. Because the first path that we normally take goes like this. I can forgive you. All right, we're, we're going down the right path, right? I can forgive you as long as you promise to never do it again. And that makes a whole lot of sense. You, you cannot keep lying to me. How can I trust you? You cannot keep cheating on your family. You cannot continue in your addiction. It's destroying your, your relationships with everyone in your job and everything. See, there's just behaviors that cannot continue if you're going to have a relationship with, an, with this person. You, you have to stop. And that is just a reality. But any time you put a stipulation and a condition on forgiveness then the forgiveness is only as uh, strong and available as the condition is being met. Once that condition is broken, then forgiveness is withdrawn. And who of us can promise that we will never do it again? That's okay, we've got two more paths that might help us out. Let's try the next one. The next one, it starts the same way. I can forgive, all right. And no stipulations, no conditions whatsoever on this forgiveness. All right. I think we're taking another step in the right direction. But I just don't want to ever be around you anymore. If someone is dangerous, abusive, verbally, physically, or any other way, they have forfeited the right to be in your presence. You do not have to be with your abuser. You do not have to be with someone who is physically, mentally, or, or any other way, if it's even your spouse, or your boyfriend, or your girlfriend, or any other friend. Or you, this is not how forgiveness is given, that I now have to be with you. You're not asked to be in danger. But the flaw in the inadequacy of this is that we often think that once we're away from that person, that then we've automatically also forgiven them. There's just such a relief of not having to deal with them and all that that was and its drama that we don't ever actually get to the release of forgiveness. And, and the more we think about it, I mean, because you kind of just done with that person and you don't have to think about it but, but but it's still kind of there it's kind of like the freezer in your basement you know it's always plugged in always keeping stuff there for you, you kind of forget about it but it's still alive inside of you the resentment the hurt the injustice and it's it's kept alive the electricity that's keeping that alive goes something like this they don't deserve forgiveness and the truth is they don't and it goes something like this. You know, if I forgive them, in some way, I'm kind of agreeing that what they did was okay. 
and it's not. And so that freezer is always plugged in, it's always running, and occasionally, you know, when you go down the basement, you open it up and go, man, we still have roast in there? I should probably cook that up, you know. And, but there's stuff that just is always there. This path is flawed and inadequate. So, okay, we've got one more that human beings normally take, normal people normally go down, and, and this one of all three has the most promise because it too begins with, I can forgive. And there are no stipulations. I can even be around you. You can be right here with me the whole time. It's like, okay, okay. I think, I think we're getting there. But wait a minute. There's some rather small print. There's an asterisk by this. And when you read it, you'd never read it out loud, of course. You just think it. And you live it. And the little fine print says, yes, I can forgive you, but I will never again allow you close to my heart. And as you think about this, hopefully you feel the utter sadness and awfulness of what this kind of forgiveness really isn't. We see this a lot in marriage and family life and any kind of group like this in a congregation where people don't leave. You know, maybe you just don't believe in divorce. Maybe, you know, you got to stay married for the kids. Or, or maybe you're 12 years old and it's your sibling. You, you don't leave the family. You're 12. Or maybe it's the congregation. Like, you know, our grandparents are here. Our parents are here. I'm here. I'm not leaving here. And, and then you're here. You know, and, and you can be polite and you can have a smile. You can even do things together. You can be together in the same congregation, the same household but never again will I let you into my heart. And this is awful. And this is not forgiveness. You see, each one of these paths to forgiveness never actually offers forgiveness in which resentment and the pain and the bitterness is released. And there is a warm welcome and a renewed reconciliation of relationships. I am here as your pastor to tell you the very good news that forgiveness is possible. True forgiveness that actually forgives is possible. A kind of forgiveness that can reach back into the earliest days of your life and forgive hurts, hurts and wrongs and injustices of people that are dead now are never going to be a part of your life, but it can reach back into that part of your life and truly release you. A forgiveness that can be with the people that you're with every day and forgive them even though they offend you day after day. It is an, a true and utter forgiveness. And this forgiveness comes from the forgiveness of God in his son, Jesus. And it is available. It is at hand. But first, you receive it before you can ever give it. You receive it in such a way that it goes to those places that are truly broken, and truly wounded in your heart. And there you find 
a repair and a payment. You see, what, what forgiveness truly is, is being saved from the, the wicked servant's heart that demands that you pay me what you owe me. And there a payment is given by Jesus. See, you have to first receive this forgiveness and you realize the enormous debt that has been paid and, and that Jesus is not counting your sins. He's really not. You know, he doesn't have a list. Like, you're up to 5,000. You know you have a lifetime limit of 10? You know, th there's no counting. There's no stipulations, no conditions. It's like, yeah, I'll forgive you, but... Not only does he want to be in our presence with a heart that is welcoming and warm toward us, but he wants to be with us forever, never to leave us. This forgiveness came, of course, at an enormous cost. See, forgiveness is never free. It always costs the person who then forgives. And it costs him everything. You know, you've been mocked, you've been spit on, you've had injustices, you, you've been abused, all these different things. It happened to Jesus and more from his father there on the cross, paying for the sins of the world. And he received it in himself. And the resurrected and living Jesus offers his forgiveness to you and a life of allowing that forgiveness to go through you to others. It may need a prayer that begins something like this, this true forgiveness. Lord, I don't want to, and I'm never going to want to. I ask you, will you give me a heart that would even want to forgive? Would you put my heart at rest that as I forgive, I will not be agreeing to what is and has been done? Will you give me a heart that would be open, even though I may not ever be in this person's presence again, because it's just not safe? Will you give me a heart that is releasing them of all the payment? See, that, that prayer You've been given the privilege of asking the true and living God, and he always answers our prayers. Now, how long will that take? I don't know, because our personalities are all different. Our wounds are all different. But the forgiveness is bigger than anything that we've had done to us. And the power of God is behind it, who raised Jesus from the dead. I have been praying for us all that God would work forgiveness in us. Imagine the difference that's going to be in your marriage, with your children, your grandchildren, within the congregation. We daily hurt each other. Your pastors, others. The forgiveness that we receive is here to be given and to be shared. And it's whole to the joy and the glory and honor and love of God. Amen.